Amra Durakovich is the head of communications at Flight Center. We'll delve deeper into her dynamic role and take a glimpse into her multifaceted persona behind the title. Flight Center Travel Group Canada stands as a premier travel agency, offering tailored solutions for vacations and corporate travel management. I'm glad you're here and hope you enjoy our conversation as Amra promises to share useful insights, tips, and suggestions into the ever-evolving and always fascinating travel industry. Sit back and enjoy episode number 52 of the FACTA podcast with guest Amra Durakovic. Amra Durakovic, you are the head of communications at Flight Center Travel Group Canada. I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the FACTA podcast. Thanks, Jim. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having uh, me. <laughs> a, a pleasure. And, you know, it, it's I'm a kid of the 90s. I'm very familiar with Flight Center. It's been around since the mid-90s. Um, for, those, for those who don't know, what's Flight Center all about? And what do you attribute to its longevity? And what sets it apart from other travel booking tools out there? Mm-hmm. That's, these are all great questions. I think, first and foremost, we have a global footprint. So this is what really sets apart flight center. As you said, we've been here since the mid-90s. Correct. We are heading up to our 30-year anniversary in 2025, so since 1995. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I believe, what sets us apart from anyone else is that we do have this global footprint. We have around 12,000, we like to call ourselves expert travelers Mm -hmm. all around the world Mm -hmm. in over 25 countries. So it's, yeah, that really sets us apart. Another thing that sets us apart from other online retailers is that we have more of what we refer to as this boutique feeling, as in you could go to one of our store locations and get that really personalized one-on-one experience. You could book online if that's what you want. But then for those people who sort of want that little in-between You can call a toll-free number where you'll connect with one of our travel agents and they become your travel agent for life. So it's sort of like this really cool personalized experience of having, you know, your own agent on call. You think that's the missing link, especially these days, is reconnecting with a human being and feeling special in some way that someone is listening to me? (laughs) Absolutely. Not just listening to you, but... Would I don't know about you, but when I need my oil changed, I don't do it myself because it's cheaper. <laughs> I go to a mechanic to do it for me because they're the professionals. So it's the same with travel. I understand with the internet, everything has become easier. At the same time, it's become overwhelming. So when you're booking for yourself, let's say a trip, most of us have about 20 tabs open, price checking, <laughs> flights, right. accommodation, So yeah, you're right. Isn't it better to have someone who's actually an expert, probably been traveling to where you want to go or just sent someone there last month, last week, last year, they have boots on the ground. Why not have someone else take care of you? It's what our parents used to do. (laughs) And it worked. It worked. It worked. And if you had problems, you'd call, you'd connect. Maybe they'd do something for you. They'd cop, you know, they'd catch you on another flight, another hotel. My, my, you know, right. (laughs) It's amazing how everything has become a little bit more self automated. And yet there is a giant portion of the population that really, really respects that finer tuned touch. 
I know I do. I recently, this is the first time I, I have to say, this is my first missed flight in October. I was, I was on a tour and I missed a flight. So I had to catch a flight back from Morocco via Paris and my flight, the gate changed four times. I'm not an easy flyer. I like to relax. I was listening to some relaxing music, doing some yoga stretches, completely missed the fact that they changed my boarding gate right. and therefore missed my flight. But you know what? I called one of our flight center specialists up and they had me booked. I didn't have to do anything. I, of course, I couldn't get on a flight that night because it was like 8 p.m. and there was no other flights leaving Paris. So they booked me a hotel room. They booked my flight the next day. And I, it was just knowing that someone else was taking care of me. I'm telling you, it took all that anxiety and stress out of the whole experience of feeling, my goodness, I can't believe I just missed a flight. Sure. And that, you know, if you haven't missed a flight, it's it's almost like, I mean, I missed a flight and I thought I did something wrong, even though the flight was delayed. Um, there's a there's a guilt there. There's a bit of a yes. shame there. And there's a bit yes. of a, I'm lost. Because uh, yes. I usually make this, I usually am on time, if not early. I just make super sure. It's it's almost like a lost thing. But because travel took such a break because of COVID, and because now it's a, I feel like people look at it more as an investment than something that, you know, uh, you take for granted. Um, could that possibly be another reason why we like that human touch when it comes to a sizable investment of time and money, like a, I, like a vacation? I agree. I agree. It really is an investment. When you think about it, you, you go to travel to connect with other people. So why isn't your whole experience from the booking process, the planning to booking all the way through the flying to actually being wherever you're going? It should all be about connection and community. And this is what you're doing when you work with the travel agent, you're building community and also you're building a relationship with someone who is so passionate about what they do. I've only recently joined the Flight Center Travel Group team. What I have noticed is that most people have been working there 10, 15, 20 years, some people. The, these people, they love what they're doing. They love sharing travel, adventure. So you're, you're really going to connect with a travel agent who is passionate about what they do and they genuinely want to help you. I just connected with a travel agent over the weekend, Carol, and she used to work in finance until she took two years off to go backpacking around Europe and Asia, came back to Canada and said, I can't work in finance and became a flight, set, uh, a flight center travel agent. She's been doing this for 15 years now and has never looked back. So you have to understand that people who are in this industry, travel agents specifically, they love it. So you are really speaking with experts if you connect with someone. Of course, you can book everything online, but I don't know. It's just more stressful. So it depends on what you value in life. And frankly, I value my time. Sure. Where are people going this year? So our top destinations for this year are predicted to be the Philippines. This is based on booking data from last year and what they're booking this year. So we have the Philippines, Portugal, Italy, Spain, and Cuba. Those are our top five. Wow. Okay. Right? Interesting. And if you're looking at sun destinations, Canadians, we're so predictable. We love Mexico, Dominican Republic, and Jamaica. Those are our top three sun destinations. Sure. 
I mean, I mean could uh, you blame us? <laughs> no, and it's it's no like right now at the recording of this podcast, it is it is blizzard-like conditions outside, and those flights are super short, relatively speaking. It's a connect flight. I mean, it's not a connect flight; it's a direct flight. It's about four hours, so I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. If you can if you can wake up super early and hop on that early flight. Uh, you're laughing for the rest of the week. If, if you got slowly, it, right? Well, another thing you brought up COVID, sort of like this travel that everyone's doing post COVID, are our top sort of destinations outside from 2023 were Costa Rica, hmm. Morocco, Madagascar, Thailand, and Hungary. Those were our top five. Wow. So Canadians are venturing out there and they're definitely going for these lengthier tours. They're, they're a new trend we've noticed is what's called trip stacking. So they're booking multiple trips back to back because I think people, uh, they really, as you said, they see it as an investment. They want to connect and they want to get out there again. It's, it's such a beautiful experience seeing the world. Yeah. And in a time where we all need more connection, when we were just so shut off from each other, I think we need it now more than ever. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, especially as an extrovert. I was dying, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the most overlooked, underrated destinations that people should consider that offer a pretty good value? Mm -hmm. I think anything that's not really busy right now, for me personally, on my bucket list are places like Bolivia, places like Albania. These are like places like even Morocco. I love Morocco. I just got back from Morocco. So I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Morocco, the people, North Africa, the food, the sights, the sounds. I was stimulated by everything that was there. And it was just such a great experience for me. I don't know. I, I love to travel, if you can't tell. No, <laughs> traveling. not in the least. No. <laughs> So for me, it's those types of places. I've got some friends, they're actually heading to Brunei next month. So I love to go off the beaten path, but it all depends on what your comfort level is. If you're not into that, I highly recommend connecting with one of our travel agents and they can help you book a tour where you'll have a guide take you through these different destinations. Right, right. People love last minute deals. Um, you know, you, we, we talk a lot about, oh man, I just got a last minute deal that's, you know, super great. Um, are they all that they're cracked up to be? Are we actually getting a deal? Is there a catch that people overlook when we're talking about last minute deals? Well, it depends. What are you looking for? What, what Everyone, I think, holds different value on what a last minute deal is. But on the whole, if we're going to look at it in terms of, online booking i don't really think there is such a thing <laughs> okay. you know our data shows that there there really isn't because once flight capacity decreases as in less seats are available or less rooms available at a hotel your prices are just going to get higher and i know we all think oh if they need if they only have two seats left on that flight they're going to have to sell those tickets, but that's not true because there's always going to be those less price sensitive travelers, like the corporate traveler, someone who's traveling for business or someone who needs to travel for a family emergency. People are always willing to pay more. Um, recently, I had to be in Ottawa and I flew from Toronto to Ottawa. It was a last minute booking. 
I paid probably what was five times more than what you normally pay on a flight because it was a last minute uh, trip and it was booked just after the holidays. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very expensive. So no, I there is no such thing as a last minute travel deal. And if you do get one, you got to be careful what you're paying for. Perhaps the hotel is under renovation. Maybe you have two flights to get you to Mexico, right? And nobody wants two flights to get to Mexico when it is just a direct flight. That's why we recommend booking early. We do have our own data does indicate that there are some booking windows of opportunity where you could find a deal for Europe. We typically advise 93 days in advance. So just over three, three months. months. Yeah. And then for Canada and the US, 76 days, again, two and a half months. And for Mexico, the South, 79 days. Okay. Yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, long story short, I was given a heads up to go somewhere with my wife and I, I, I planned and I started to plan and then it fell through. And that now I think if I plan something for early February and we're in late January now, that's a bit too late and I've screwed up. Am, am I right in thinking that? Most likely, yes. Okay. <laughs> Jim, she will not be happy. Does no, she we're... know that you screwed up? Does she know? That's my first question. <laughs> we have a very open communicative relationship. So yes, and I'm I'm right. trying to make it up to her. But, but these are amazing tips in that. Do you think this is public kind of common knowledge? Or is it is it still of the mentality that I used to hear of is, um, if you want to book a trip Tuesdays, book a trip on Tuesday. Does that even exist? I mean, is that even a tip? Or are these the real tips that you're giving us that have been overlooked for ages? Is this, mm -hmm. has this always been the case? Yes, that is not a real tip. There is no uh, Tuesday travel deal. That is, it's a made up, it's a made up deal. So let's talk about dynamic pricing. When you have online dynamic pricing, and since most people are booking online, again, if the, the availability of the seating decreases, the, the price of your flight increases. That goes for the packages as well. They're in the business of making money, all of these businesses. So when you have online dynamic pricing, it gives the power to that business to change the price according to the surge in demand. So as you're sitting there price checking and waiting 48 hours, one week, two weeks, other Canadians are purchasing, which means your price is increasing. So you've missed out on a good deal. This is why we always recommend if you see a good deal, buy it. If it right. fits within your price range, do not hesitate because you're likely to be waiting for that elusive last minute deal because sure. it just this doesn't happen. Sure. Now, when companies have deals like Black Friday, Boxing Day, those are real bona fide deals. Definitely jump on those. But otherwise, don't believe the myth. There's there's no Travel Tuesday or buying Sunday at midnight. I've heard so many stories. It's it's just not true. Right. What other tips and suggestions do you give besides kind of a, 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 a an advanced lead up to ensure that, you know, people are doing it right they're getting the most value be flexible so be flexible not only with your dates but also with specific location so let's say you do want to go down to the south right now because you are not enjoying the snow right now right so 
I would just be flexible in the exact location. Maybe it's Mexico, but don't be so specific exactly where it is in Mexico. Same with your dates. Be flexible with the dates. I know now not everyone can do this, but if you can, try to be flexible with it. It's right. really flexibility is your friend in this instance. So when you're booking, yes, stay, stay open. And if you don't have to, absolutely do not travel peak season. So no March break, spring break, Christmas. You know you're just going to pay more. If, however, you do, again, book in advance for those times. So if you're thinking of traveling for the summer, start thinking now. Contact your travel agent now and work with them to, to, to sort of map out that perfect itinerary for you. Right. Well, you lead into my next question about shoulder season. Um, you know, if planned correctly and efficiently, um, would traveling to a place during off-peak or shoulder season save you a, a ton of money? Um, even at otherwise maybe more exclusive resorts? Absolutely. Because this is, again, it's it's all about the availability. So if if the accommodation, the resorts are empty right now, they're going to want to bring people in because there is no availability or, sorry, rather, there's no demand for it. So it's when that demand surges, your price increases. So it definitely highly, again, Highly recommend being flexible, being open to destination, and yes, traveling shoulder season. So let's talk about shoulder season. There are there are places where I feel a lot of people are always tunnel vision to think, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to, let's say, for example, Greece in the summer because it's hot. It's you know a lot of beach, a lot of you know a lot of heat. Um, but if you discover other places like that, that would probably be better off season. Um, what are some of those places that we as Canadians or even Americans who are tired of the cold, for example, in the winter, could be like, you know what, actually, uh, that would be a really great place to go now when it's colder because it's not as cold as here. Yes. And that's a great question. I think one of my favorites is Spain. Now, the reason why I say Spain during the off season, it's still warmer there, especially if you're visiting the uh, southern part of Spain, but there will be less tourists there. In about 2018, here's a little story that I have for you, Jim. I did go to Spain, and all I wanted to do was to go to the Alhambra. Now, at the time, I'd probably been to Spain three or four times myself, but I'd always visited friends up in Madrid. So this time, I didn't even think that I should book tickets for sightseeing, for tours. So I arrived to the Alhambra, and guess what? The next open available ticket for me to tour this grand palace was three months from the day that I was there. I'm not going to lie, Jim. I was really upset. I might have cried. I would have. <laughs> because Yeah. All I wanted to do was see the Alhambra and I couldn't. So I definitely recommend going to anything like Portugal, Greece, uh, Spain, the southern parts of Europe during the off season, but always double check to see if you still need to book in advance because Europe in general is very, very busy right now. It seems like the whole world has just discovered Europe and everyone is going there. So a place that's close to my heart, not so warm, would be Bosnia and Herzegovina. Mm -hmm. If you travel there on the off season, if you like to ski, it's beautiful for skiing. And in the summertime, it is packed. It is packed. So I would recommend visiting 
Bosnia in September and October where you could still go whitewater rafting and then in the winter where you can go skiing. So if you don't have, you know, the, the Swiss budget, definitely check out someplace like Bosnia and Herzegovina or Albania. Exactly. Yeah. These these countries that um, I, I want to say aren't quite fashionable yet, but are poised to become and I hate the term it spots because I feel like that now leads to over tourism and then people just crowd in. Um, but again, it's it's those undervalued, overlooked, underrated destinations that, you know, not only should you go, uh, but maybe consider going in the off season because you can get an, a, a kind of a year round experience all in one trip. You got it. And it's, right. it's again, it's about connecting too. when you're going in the off, off season, pardon me, you're able to connect more with locals. Sure. That's, that's, I mean, if, if you're a traveler, that's what you want to do. If you're a tourist, you want nothing to do with that. You don't, that's, I feel like that's a foreign concept to you. I agree with you right. so much. And I, I'm just like you, Jim. I absolutely love connecting with locals. I love eating food. I love to eat my way through different cultures. I love learning. I love listening to the music and dancing. I've been to so many random weddings in random countries because I've just met random people and they've invited me. And I've always said, absolutely, I will be there. <laughs> absolutely. So you're not lining up in front of a subway in Rome, for example. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Flight Center would like to have a word with you if you do that. <laughs> uh, but that leads me, you know what, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, well, Flight Center, they'll do anything that you want for them. Or sorry, they'll do anything that you would like. They'll plan it all for you. Sure, so sure. even if you're saying that you want to, you know, take the train and they advise against it, they'll still help you get what you want. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that leads to rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a few questions. There's nothing rapid about it. Take your time. But the first question, you mentioned food. Is there a place in the world that you would go back just for the food? Mm. So many places. I love China. So okay. I would possibly go back to China or Japan. I also love sushi. But in China, you have so many provinces and you have so many different cuisines where in the northern part, it's they use a lot of spices. In the southern part, it's less spice, but more salty and they just use different ingredients and it's influenced by so many different cultures across china right. i absolutely yes so those are my top two destinations i'd go right. back to for the food in your opinion why is travel the ultimate rite of passage i think it's an ability to sort of like really discover who you are by way of connecting with others and sometimes you have to use other means than language because you don't speak the same language and it's just that for me you really get to see that we're all the same we all want the same things we're all the same humans and it's that connection of love dare i say of like just love for others and and that we're all here wanting the same thing so i don't know i i just find beauty in that i find beauty in awe in travel and connecting with strangers in in being in the middle of mountains in the canyon i don't know just that being struck by the beauty of it all i i've i've been in canyons before where i've just started to cry because you feel so insignificant amongst this beauty so to be able to be so privileged to to see this and explore is i think the greatest gift that i could give to myself 
I couldn't have put it better myself. What are your three non-negotiable daily habits? What must you do every single day? Well, I need to have my coffee. (laughs) Okay. Coffee, check. (laughs) Check. Secondly, I need to check everything that's going on on the pulse of the news because I do work in communications. So I do like to know what's happening in the world, not just in Canada, but globally as well. I'm really interested. I'm a voracious news reader. I love stories. So that for me, number two. So the second, or sorry, rather the third non-negotiable for me would just to be, I don't know, setting positive intentions for the day. Right. And we can get bogged down. I, I, I'll go back to, I think the last four years have been tough on all of us and we've all had to adjust in some way. So for me, it's really important that I focus more on the positive and how I can move from that and really just change that in my life is really key to the big changes I've made in the last few years for myself. Right. Well, this is a perfect segue into your scariest travel experience. What would that be? (laughs) (laughs) My scariest travel experience. I'm not sure I've had any really scary travel experiences. I'm very open and I really go with the flow. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm just very, I don't know if that's naive of me. I have not luckily knock on wood had any terrible experience. And I remember the first time I traveled to Indonesia, I was 21 completely naive to the fact that Jakarta was one of the world's most dangerous cities. And my friends and I all really, dare I say, young and dumb, we were just like drinking at a local shack, basically under the highway with locals in Jakarta, completely oblivious to the fact that something really bad could have happened to us. (laughs) And that's how I've always been with all my travels. I'm not sure I recommend this, but I have been completely oblivious and I just enjoy everything. So I haven't yet, hopefully I never do. I'm just looking for wood, (laughs) have a bad experience. I've, I've been fortunate. So I don't know if that's my naivety, oblivion, or my way of just being able to turn a perhaps what potentially could be a scary situation into a positive situation. Sure. sure. What's on your road trip mixtape? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because one of the reasons why I did miss my flight was I was listening to Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin. And when I told my boss, he laughed at me and actually played it for the entire team when I arrived, <laughs> you know, 48 hours later. Right. So on my playlist, a whole bunch of songs. I like classic tunes, but I'm also from the 90s as well. So I listen to a lot of Chili Peppers and Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. I am from Hamilton, so I do love Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a prerequisite to to like that band? I think so. I think so. We could be pretty hard here, but we're also really fun. (laughs) Sure. As my friend likes to call me, she she describes me as a, what it, what does she call me? A a porcupine, a porcupine marshmallow. She says I'm prickly on the outside, but soft on the inside. Got it. Got it. <laughs> That's Hamilton in a nutshell. It really is, right? <laughs> That's Hamilton in a nutshell. But uh, we're great. We're soft. We're great. We're just oh yeah. Bark people. barks the bark's big, but the but the 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 bite is is smaller. 
It is. We're nice. We're nice. <laughs> Based on your professional experience and your personal wish list, where are you traveling based on the season? Where am I? I well, for me right now, Curacao. I love the eight, as we refer to them as the ABCs. Mm -hmm. So Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao, just above Venezuela. Love those islands. Absolutely stunning. I have friends down there. One of my favorite places to go to. Mm -hmm. Off season, again, I highly recommend Bosnia and Herzegovina. However, this year on my bucket list is Patagonia. Mm -hmm. I'd really love to go to Patagonia. I have a feeling you're going to make that happen. <laughs> you work <laughs> for Flight so. Center. They can make it happen. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. This is actually what I love about working with this company is anything is possible. There's just so much passion. I have not worked for a company where people have worked the longevity of people working there. As I said, 20 years. It's sure. absolutely incredible. Like Everybody loves what they're doing. And I love that passion. Right. And what could be better than being passionate about travel? You know, it leads to my final question. Where do you feel your soul lives? Ooh, that's a good question. I lived in Hong Kong for more than a decade. So I, I do still believe that my soul is there and part of my heart will always be in Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's so dynamic. It's it's full of energy and I love energy. I have a lot of energy myself. I always say I'm not for the faint-hearted. So I need a place that's on sort of my terms in in terms of just being exciting, vivacious and just full of energy and what I loved about Hong Kong is you could do anything there in terms of business if you could dream it it could happen. And that's the same with travel as well. I think as long as you're open and it's the same with flight center, as long as you're open to it and you have a good idea, good plan and follow through anything is possible. And that's sort of the world that I live in is that anything is possible as long as you work hard and make it happen. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And a little bit of luck doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt either. <laughs> true. True. Amara Durakovic, Head of Communications at Flight Center, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us on the Fact Up podcast. I wish you and yours nothing but the best going forward, and good luck in all of your travels, and I hope that you get to Patagonia. Thanks, Jim. It's been lovely. Really <laughs> great getting to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care.